Welcome to day 130 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we're in our third season now together. We've done the story of the New Testament. We've done the overall story of the uh, Bible. And now we're uh, doing the story of the prophets, which is kind of the last section in our Old Testament, which is the perfect bridge, you know, from uh, the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. And as God uh, pronounces uh, covenant unfaithfulness or indicts his people for covenant unfaithfulness, demonstrates his faithfulness brings them in time into a time of judgment, you know, for the inner purification, but then also sets before them a hope of ultimate inner restoration. Of course, that restoration comes in, in Christ Jesus uh, in the New Testament. So we come, you know, today to, you know, to another one of the minor prophets, which doesn't mean they weren't very important. It doesn't mean that they just didn't write a whole lot. And so we have a short, uh, you know, a short second, second section from Nahum, uh, that we'll read today and tomorrow to finish out the week. Nahum is kind of the uh, anti-Jonah, uh, where Jonah went to you know the nation, uh, to the city of Nineveh, and called them into revival, and they repented. And of course, he was deeply disappointed that they did repent. Nahum is coming several years later back to the same city, and he is pronouncing that uh, their turning to the Lord was short-lived, and that ultimately they will be judged. They've been a wicked city. They've been, in one hand, an instrument of God, you know, in carrying out his judgment on the nations and on Israel. Um, but uh, in the end, because of their, uh, because of their brutal nature, God will you know, judge them. So we have largely in Nahum, you don't have as much of the hope, you know, outlined in Nahum as you do in other places. It's, it's mostly an oracle of judgment. And it's mostly an oracle of judgment around uh, the city of Nineveh. So uh, we begin in Nahum, you know, chapter 1. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are, you know, righteous uh, in both your judgment and in your salvation. Thank you that you are a God who is gracious and compassionate, does not treat us as our sins deserve, but we thank you that you you take sin seriously, and we thank you that you're an enemy of everything that's an enemy of your ultimate glory in Christ Jesus and our ultimate good. And uh, Father, may we may we hear both words of judgment and words of encouragement uh, in a voice that uh, allows us to understand and know your heart. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Nahum chapter 1 and 2, a prophecy concerning Nineveh, the book of vision of Nahum, the Elkishite. The Lord is jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes a vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes and vents his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger but great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and it dries up. He makes all the rivers run dry. Bashan and Carmel wither and the blossoms of Lebanon fade. The mountains quake before him. And the hills melt away, the earth trembles at his presence, the world and all who live in it. Who can withstand his indignation? Who can endure his fierce anger? His wrath is poured out like fire, the rocks are shattered before him. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust him. But with an overwhelming flood, he will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue his foes into the realm of darkness. Whatever they plot against the Lord, he will bring to an end. Trouble will come a second time. They'll be entangled among thorns and drunk from their wine. They'll be consumed like dry stubble. From you, Nineveh, has one come forth who plots evil against the Lord, who devises wicked plans. 
This is what the Lord says. Although they have allies and they're numerous, they will be destroyed and pass away. Although I have afflicted you, Judah, I will afflict you no more. Now I will break their yoke from your neck and tear away your shackles. The Lord has given a command concerning you, Nineveh. You will have no descendants to bear your name. I will destroy the images and the idol that are in the temple of your gods. I'll prepare your grave for you are vile. Look, there on the mountains, the feet of the one who brings good news or proclaims peace. Celebrate your festivals, Judah, and fulfill your vows. No more will the wicked invade you. They'll be completely destroyed. An attacker advances against you, Nineveh. Guard the fortress, watch the road, brace yourselves, marshal your strength. The Lord will restore the splendor of Jacob like the splendor of Israel. The destroyers have laid them waste and have ruined their vines. The shields of the soldiers are red, the warriors are clad in scarlet. The metal on the chariot flashes on the day they are made ready. The spears of juniper are brandished. The chariots storm through the streets, rushing back and forth through the squares. They look like flaming torches. They dart around like lightning. Nineveh summons her picked troops, yet they stumble on their way. They dash to the city wall. Protective shield is put in place. The river gates are thrown open and the palace collapses. It is decreed that Nineveh will be exiled and carried away. Her female, female slaves moan like doves and beat on their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose water is draining away. Stop, stop, they cry, but no one turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold, the supplies endless, the wealth from all of its treasure. She is pillaged, plundered, stripped. Hearts melt, knees give way, bodies tremble, every face grows pale. Where now is the lion's den, the place where they fed their young, where the lion and the lioness went, the cubs, with nothing to fear? The lion killed enough for his cubs and strangled the prey for his mate, filling his lairs with kill and his dent with the prey. I am against you, declares the Lord Almighty. I'll burn up your chariots and smoke, and the sword will devour your young lions. I will leave you no prey on the earth. The voices of your messengers will no longer be heard. Even though Nahum uh, is a minor prophet and has written very little, it says uh, his images are incredible. You can even feel the rhythm in English, much less even the staccato Hebrew, where you just kind of almost have a scene like the opening of Private Ryan. You have, you know, the shields are red, they're dashing back and forth, the flames and the lightning and the thunder. And of course, uh, Nineveh, who has been, or Assyria, who has been a, a warring nation and has conquered many nations, is meeting her own end in, in much the way that she brought the end to, you know, many other nations as well. And again, as we said, you know, as we began, you know, that there was a great note in the book of uh, Jonah that even Israel's enemies were invited to be reconciled to God and to repent. And, and then of us for a short time did, but ultimately they fell back into, uh, you know, their desire to conquer and their desire, you know, for wealth and their desire, you know, for prestige. And you see all of these things, you know, coming to their just end. And even though God has used Assyria as an instrument of judgment against Israel, uh, he will hold them accountable uh, for the way that they have carried out that judgment, you know, as well. And is there a phrase that's more chilling than the Lord telling you that he's against you? <laughs> no, I mean, and Assyria gets it twice. You know, Jonah goes yeah. up and says, hey, the Lord's going to destroy you. Like, no message of hope. And yet they repent and they, you know, sack all the ashes mm-hmm. down to the animals repenting. And, and all of a sudden here now in verse 13 of chapter 2, I am against you, declares the Lord. I will burn your chariots and smoke. The sword will devour your young lives. I will leave no you no prey on the earth. The voice of your messengers will no longer be heard. You know, and, and it, 
we've talked about it so much, but again, just that sovereign judgment of the Lord and what the Lord accom- desires, He accomplishes, and and our only hope, you know, we hear that I am against you is for us is well, man, I better shelter under the blood of Jesus. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and we talked about the complacency of Israel, you know, in, in denying her God, but we also can you know, see the complacency, you know, of Assyria and the city of Nineveh. You know, our power will always shield us, you know, from ruin and will always ensure our prosperity. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, in the New Testament, you know, Jesus would say to his disciples, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. And you certainly see that, you know, with the warring nations, you know, that God has used, you know, his instruments of his judgment. And I'm not sure why Siri wanted to show up on the podcast, but she What's up, did. Siri? Well, you see that in, in, in verse 12, <laughs> she, uh, it tells us, this is what the Lord says, although they have allies and are numerous, they will be the short and pass away. And you know, we have those little allies that, you know, we lean on and we like, well, I have these things. It's going to be okay. I don't need to really worry. But, you know, the stark words in, in verse three just really stood out to me. And it seems to describe so much what we've seen in the prophets. You know, the Lord is slow to anger, great in power, but the Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. And so there is that that theme that rides over and over again, um, that those who trust in, in things outside of the Lord, um, it doesn't go too well. Well, even in this, you you have. I mean, I love how. Yes, we get a ton of judgment and anger, isn't it? But even nestled in the midst of it, in chapter one, verse seven and eight, you know, seven, the Lord is good, a refuge in time of the trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him. You know, and so just that reminder in the midst of judgment that the Lord is good. He is a stronghold. He is one. You know, He delights when His people trust in Him. In verse three, the Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. He will not leave the guilty unpunished. And of course, that's the way he revealed himself to Moses. Mm-hmm. Gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, but will not leave the guilty unpunished. And that's whether it's Judah herself or the nations as well. And then, of course, you know, in verse 7, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. You know, what you just read, he cares for those who trust in him. And in the very end of 15, look there on the mountains. This is the same image you've seen in Isaiah, the feet of one who brings good news, and that's our word for gospel, who proclaims peace. Celebrate your festivals, Judah, and fulfill your vows. No more will the wicked invade you. They'll be completely destroyed. And uh, so you have, you do have a faint in, in Nahum, but nevertheless, you have the ultimate hope, uh, you know, for the humbled, you know, come to and know and experience, you know, experience the Lord. Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We're reminded that when we read, um, you you often challenge our, our perceptions of you, and and yet remind us that um, you're you're far greater than we could ever imagine. Um, Father, you are holy and righteous. You are good, um, abounding in steadfast love, and and so Father, thank you for. Um, the reminder of who you are through your word, would that continue to shape how we live today? Um, Father, help us to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. Would we be a, a people who um, look like you, a people who um, who do justice, who act wisely, who, who love mercy? Um, Father, help us to, to be your people in this place. Would you be glorified? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 